Awesome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to day three of the Get Traction Virtual Summit brought to you by Traction Conference, Growth Marketing Conference, Splash You, and Speakeasy. So our format today has been podcast style Q&A. Today we have Anthony Zhang from SalesLoft, one of the hottest startups in the sales automation space. Anthony is a sales veteran with tons of experience, and we're going to learn all about building a quota-crushing sales team. How you doing, Anthony? Great to have you here. Doing fantastic, Lloyd. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Awesome. No, we have a ton to learn from you in only 30 minutes, so let's start by giving us the backstory on AZ. Tell us how you got into sales and here so far. Yeah, absolutely. So, backstory... Uh, you know, started off in software, actually, majored in computer software, really process-driven. Uh, life took me towards sales, um, you know, did some retail sales here and there, did uh, some different sales gigs, and then uh, finally landed my first SaaS uh, solution sales gig as the uh, first BDR over at Pardot, my uh, personal and professional mentor. Derek Grant um, really took me under his wing and uh, taught me everything he knew um, in the space. And so he, um, you know, I started as a BDR there at Pardot, worked my way up to an AE, um, and then uh, did the AE thing for a while. And then around that time, uh, Kyle Porter approached me and uh, asked me if I wanted to uh, be the first sales rep over at SalesLoft and start this amazing journey with him. And so here we are today. No, that is awesome. So the session right before this, we had Sean Shepard from GrowthX. He's a VC and a serial entrepreneur. He talked about the concept of a renaissance rep, and that's either the founder or the first sales rep in an early stage company that helps the company get to product market fit. So, uh, Timing is just perfect. So your first few months at SalesLoft, what was that like? Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was definitely a challenge, um, I'll tell you. So it was Kyle and myself. Now, I'm lucky and fortunate enough to have a CEO who has a very strong sales background and acumen. So uh, the first couple of you know demos and meetings, I really just sat back and watched Kyle run these meetings and product demonstrations. And you know, although they were wonderfully executed and professionally executed, you know, every single one was kind of a unique experience for me. And I, I really couldn't pinpoint exactly, you know, what areas I should focus on, what I should talk about, what were the things that I should continue to say, and what were the things that he kind of said that were just really unique to that particular prospect. So, you know, as I started to sell and kind of come into my own at SalesLoft, my primary focus for myself, selfishly, you know, was to build a, a process that was repeatable, right? And so, um, you know, I wanted to make something that I could always refer to uh, for guidance, something that allowed me to uh, always touch on the key points that I, I really needed to touch on and focus on to make sure I didn't miss. Um, and so not only this process that I built, you know, really allowed me to learn quicker and, you know, kind of help me build that muscle memory around product demonstrations and, and consultative meetings and calls, but it also allowed me to fine tune the areas that did need improvement while you know solidifying and perfecting the areas that worked well and were were going well for me awesome so how did you how did you get to this predictable process then i mean what did what did that look like after the first few months 
Um, yeah, it was just constantly iterating and fine-tuning. I, I think that's what it was. And then the second initiative was really to now make this a, a scalable process. Uh, so with that said, you know, we had to have visibility across the company. I knew that I wasn't going to be the only sales rep forever. I knew that there was going to be other sales reps in the space coming after me. Um, I knew that, uh, you know, Kyle was going to be working some of these deals and we just had to have visibility. We weren't really utilizing Salesforce uh, terribly well or proficiently. And so the, the, the other initiative that I had was to establish an environment where everybody could see what was happening. Um, and so working on that Salesforce environment, really getting my feet wet with Salesforce operations was the second thing so that, you know, people didn't trample over everybody. Um, and so we could have visibility on, on all the deals that were going on. Definitely, definitely. So uh, let's dive right into into some of the stuff around sales loft because you guys help uh, sales uh, build sales teams, right? I mean, or rather mm -hmm. build and scale inside sales processes. So tell us, what do you guys sell? Who are your customers? And what does your sales cycle look like? Yeah, so here's the uh, shameless plug, I guess. Uh, SalesLoft is really just the first and only multi-channel communication platform, and, and it's really designed for the sales and sales development professional to build these these systematic processes around the way they reach other leads and prospects through either phone, email, or social media touch points all within one. Um, we found that the best, best sales professionals all have some sort of a process but it's just it's never in some kind of a templatized format in any kind of a solution. And so that's what we sought to build. Um, uh, we sell to uh, the sales development professionals, the sales development teams, organizations that have these specialized SDR roles, uh, whether it's, a, it's an inbound role where they, they just want to make sure that their lowest hanging fruit don't you know, fall through the cracks or even the outbound teams who just need a systematic way to really stay on track with the way that they communicate with all their you know, cold leads and prospects and to be able to do it at scale. Awesome. No, it's it's a it's definitely a great tool. I know a lot of people using it, so that's that's always a good thing. So how did you build your sales team? Uh, yeah, so uh, it started with me, like I said, you know, just um, building that repeatable process that I could execute on and then uh, hired our second, our, our, I guess our first uh, rep um, in November after me. I started in August. Uh, we hired our second rep in November um, and then uh, really just trained them on kind of what I knew. And there were a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. So this is this was a huge, huge learning area for me where the first rep that I brought in was really just, hey, you know, watch me and do what I do, right? And, and as, as any sales leader knows, you know, that's not a really scalable way to do things. People don't learn what, uh, the same way. And so as I continue to iterate on that hiring, that onboarding process, you know, I started to build these demo flows out, train them on the demo flows, train them on the script. And really, it was is very much a guideline to say, hey, you need to touch on these points, and then we're going to talk about this. We're going to transition to this. So I really had this script built out to run demos. And then once that demo occurred, we had a process established to uh, further uh, work these leads through the opportunities. And so we continue to iterate on that new hire process. And we brought on more and more individuals to do that. And Really, for the early part, I, I was able to hire. I was fortunate enough to hire through my network. I had a great network of sales professionals uh, that I had worked with in the past, 
you know, who are interested in jumping on board. And I was able to train and coach them on sales loft and uh, on the process itself. But ultimately, it's just making something repeatable and scalable and then figuring out how to measure it and set benchmarks. I think that's the final thing that really you have to do is be able to measure the trends uh, and set these benchmarks, understand what a good rep looks like, what an average rep looks like, and then also what a bad rep looks like, right? Understanding things like what's your MQL, what's your SQL, your conversion rates, your close rates. These are all things you need to be able to measure. And so once you're able to measure these things, then you can go back to that repeatable step, right? And then you can turn one knob here and see how that amplifies your number and then turn another knob somewhere else and see how that affects your numbers. Um, and so that's kind of how we began to really build and scale out the sales team. Awesome, awesome. So before we go into um, into the MQLs, SQLs, and, and some of the other processes, um, how did what was your process for identifying new prospects, right? So we talked about uh, this first sales rep following you on the demos and, and sort of going towards the close, but how would you even get the sales qualified or marketing qualified lead in the door? Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny because we were at the very beginning, we were kind of still trying to figure out our ICP, right, our ideal customer profile. And so um, like any startup that's kind of coming out, we, we uh, really went broad and, and pretty general, um, and then what we were able to do is analyze those results and narrow down our focus. So really, in the beginning, we sold to anyone. We, and we started with a solution called Prospector, um, which basically enabled sales teams to go out onto LinkedIn, um, aggregate LinkedIn data, and enrich that data with a verified email address um, and a corporate phone number. But really, with this solution, we just kind of let anybody and everybody have it, have it who's, who was willing to pay for it. And so, you know, we sold to marketers, we sold to sales, and you know, as time progressed, what we saw was that marketers typically bought, you know, a, a bunch of data, but then they immediately churned while the, you know, the long-term value, the LTV of the sales customer was a lot greater, right? It was much greater. And so we continue to focus on that sales customer, that sales professional. And then of those sales professionals, as we continue to iterate, understand, you know, their buying behavior, their usage, we found that you know our, our niche, our, our uh, the company size of typically about 100 to 500 employees, um, you know, we're able to provide the most value while requiring the least amount of resistance in the sales cycle. So it's really kind of starting pretty broad in general, and then looking at the numbers, seeing how it's affecting your company, and then narrowing down to those that are the best fits for your company. Definitely awesome. So what did you? What is your? What is your? Process and cadence. I should I should say cadence because your your product is called Sales Loft Cadence, right? Or one of your products. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so what is what does your cadence look like, uh, or or end up looking like after you sort of started contacting these people, and and how many touches before you got to the connect for a demo? Yeah, you know, um, there's a, a lot of different studies out and best practices um, with cadences. One of the best practices is uh, at least uh, six to eight touch points. We saw a study from a, a Harvard Business Review uh, report that said that, uh, you know, on average, sales teams only reach out and touch a prospect about two to three times, right? And uh, what we've also seen through that same study is that uh, at the sixth to eighth touch point, there's a 90% increase in meaningful conversations. 
Um, and so typically sales teams don't get to that point because again, there isn't a systematic way to keep them on track. And so we were able to take advantage of our own solution cadence and get uh, a build a cadence that had uh, roughly about eight different touch points through uh, email templates, through phone scripts, a dialer, which is in our solution, and then also through social media touch points as well, being able to think just outside of the inbox and outside of the voicemail box and maybe reach out onto, onto their LinkedIn profile and send them a LinkedIn in-mail as well. And so we were able to build these different cadences and navigate uh, with the different verticals, the different decision makers, whether they were VP level or whether they were individual contributor level, and maybe we just want to generate some awareness within the organization. So we have some different cadences set up, um, and we're able to kind of measure the results of that and see, um, you know, how which ones how how they're performing. Definitely, definitely awesome. So, what is your how is your team organized now? Like, what's the best way to be as efficient as possible? in terms of prospecting, closing, and, and, and that handoff process, what does it look like for you right now? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's a concept from a book called Predictable uh, Revenue written by Aaron Ross. And um, really the concept is that uh, sales teams today are really specialized into two different groups. One's the SDR group, the sales development group, and then the other one is the AE group or the closer team. And with these two groups, um, with the SDR group, you have, you know, the inbounds, which are able to process and qualify these inbound leads and then route them to the AEs. And the outbound group, which is more focused on searching for and identifying and communicating with your ideal prospect to really generate interest for the solution. And then again, further route them to the AEs. And the concept is this. It's that your closers are, are the best in the business. You hired them on. They're the best in the business at working these deals and opportunities. We don't want them spending time going in and you know searching and prospecting and wasting their time doing this when they could be closing deals and generating revenue for the company and so we have this specialized you know uh, task force this outbound team that is able to do that and by having a predictable revenue model then you can you can say things like well i understand that it takes you know 20 deals maybe to generate hundred thousand dollars in revenue if that's what we need to do and so it's going to take you know 50 opportunities to get those 20 deals it's going to take 100 qualified appointments to get those 50 opportunities and you start working backwards right? it takes 500 activities to generate 100 qualified appointments and so now you can set a threshold for your outbound and inbound teams your sdr teams that focus solely on the activities, which will generate those opportunities. And then through those opportunities, the account executives can further uh, nurture and close. Definitely. No, awesome. And and you, do you manage any of those teams now, today? Uh, no, I'm actually on a new division with SalesLoft. So now we were talking about, you know, the ideal company profiles of 100 to 500 uh, employees. Well, now uh, I've actually... Uh, had the opportunity to move into a more strategic role where now I'm focusing on more enterprise uh, companies. And this is kind of a, a smaller task force within the organization. I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, invite my old VP of sales, Derek Grant from Pardot, to join us here at SalesLoft. And so I'm super honored and thrilled to have him on the team. And he's actually taken on the weight of now being able to manage the, uh, the AE team while I focus on this new initiative to bring the, the company uh, ASP uh, up from where it is. Awesome, awesome. So um, let's go back into the SDR uh, team side of things. What metrics do you measure them on right now? Uh, yeah, the SDR team, we measure on uh, emails, sent, activities, um, calls, connects, 
uh, we measure uh, on, you know, the whether they talk to the gatekeeper. The one of the great things uh, about SalesLoft is uh, we have a, a disposition and sentiment that you can report inside of Salesforce. And so in any particular Salesforce report, I can see how the team is doing in their particular calls and so in a given trend in a, in a weekly trend or a or a monthly trend i can see that you know one individual might be getting stopped by the gatekeeper and we can use that as training and coaching purposes or the other one is generating a ton of interest and they have a great value proposition i think 60 percent of companies uh want to clone their best rep right and so uh we want to go in and see exactly what they're doing what they're saying listen to the call recordings and be able to use that to train the other reps as well. So really getting granular and measuring based on their activity, based on the meetings that are scheduled and also the meetings that are completed. And uh, we further uh, you know, added another list to it, which is now how many qualified opportunities are they setting up for the account executives? So these are all things that are really important to us. It's the activities and also the quality of the meetings. Awesome. And then, um, and, and, and from a handoff perspective, um, are are your account executives if they're if they're if the demos are not the right quality are your SDRs getting dinged for it or uh, not at the moment no we we try not to uh, you know reprimand them for their work their hard work uh, you know but we do uh, want to monitor and track that to always help the team improve um, one of the things uh, one of our, a part of our core value here at the company is um, being positive and supportive right and so we always want to stay positive and supportive know that they are doing their job and doing the best for the company and you know maybe we need to fine-tune some things here and there like we said earlier we need to kind of twist some knobs turn some knobs um, and then help them focus uh, their attention more towards the the positive the the, the qualified opportunities and see how we can remove uh, ourselves from the the unqualified. Awesome. And uh, so let's get right into the next next question here. Um, characteristics of a great sales rep, both SDR and account executive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think you know. Uh, Anybody will want to say, you know, the the general competitive, driven, tenacious, persistent, you know, money hungry. You have those, you know, kind of generic sales rep uh, terms and qualities. But you know, I, I think in this day and age, with solution selling, with being more consultative, um, I think uh, one of them is just having a genuine curiosity, right? I think that's a big thing. There's so many reps say that just show up and throw up on a demo, um, and not enough, you know, are, are asking questions and then asking follow-up questions to those questions and follow-up questions to those questions, right? And it's constantly asking these questions and having a genuine curiosity. I think that's the first thing that uh, is, is a great characteristic of a, a great sales rep. Um, empathy for the customer needs and pains. That's a huge one, too. It's actually understanding their needs and pains and having empathy and wanting to solve that problem for them and help them with their business problems and business needs. Um, being an expert in the industry, I think this is a huge one, too, that I look for is, you know, being able to actually provide thought leadership, challenge them if they're doing something wrong, offer best practices. You have to be the expert in your industry to be able to do that, to be able to teach and coach and be consultative, right? That's the other thing is you have to be consultative. You have to, you know, act like a doctor that, uh, with a patient, you have to prescribe them the right medicine. You have to know everything about what their illness is. 
Um, and then I would say lastly is, is being a, an organized and a strategic thinker um, in, in these these consultative sales, these these uh, more uh, strategic sales. You, you have to understand the sales mapping. You have to be able to figure out the pieces of the puzzle and bring them together. You have to understand what procurement looks like and if IT needs to be involved in legal. Um, you need to understand what your opportunities are doing today and where they stand and where they're going to be uh, for forecasting purposes. And then strategically following up, not just saying, you know, hey, Lloyd, just want to check in with you. Where's this deal at? But, you know, saying, hey, Lloyd, I came across this blog post the other day. Um, it really talks about, you know, it resonates with what we talked about the other day. You mentioned X, Y, and Z. Want to see if these things were still important to you today and following up in a more strategic manner that adds value versus just saying, hey, I just want to touch base with you. Definitely. I mean, we had Alice Hyman earlier in the day and, um, earlier in the day and she she talked about this never just follow up with anybody so what do you what do you guys do when you when you're sort of just following up but not quite <laughs> so you know that's where uh i think that's really where the power of social selling comes in right um i read some studies the other day that said um that there, there's over uh you know 1.5 billion social media users you have linkedin twitter facebook all these social media platforms there's information everywhere about the prospect that you're selling to use that figure out what drives them figure out what their needs are figure out what their interests are and use that to add value to your follow-up, right? Um, and so it's it's doing that research. Uh, I think I, I read a study in Forbes the other day that said, uh, you know, 78% of salespeople using social media perform better than their peers. And so you have to use um, things outside of just, you know, your your email, your inbox to be able to generate this meaningful engagement. Um, so that would be my recommendation. Awesome. Now, uh, last couple of questions here. We've got seven minutes. Uh, we can take questions from the attendees as well. But what are some of the must-have tools for sales reps in 2016? What are your favorite tools? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, CRM-wise, I think that Salesforce kind of goes without saying. Um, web conferencing solutions speak easy. I love it. It's a, it's a solution that's really designed for um, you know, sales professionals. Uh, Prospecting-wise, data enrichment, um, three solutions that I would highly recommend, Datanize, ProLeads, or Discover Org. Um, obviously, shameless plug for, for SalesLoft Cadence in terms of sales enablement platform. Um, there's a solution called Charlie App which is absolutely phenomenal. And this solution, the Charlie app, um, allows you to actually see a company profile when you're about to run a meeting with the company, allows you to see uh, your, your prospects profile, what they've been talking about, news on the company, um, uh, what the company is using perhaps, if it, if it has that information in there. It's a really intelligent solution that gives you uh, some insight into the company and the prospect that you're, you're going to be talking to. Um, and then kind of off the wall, I use Evernote. Um, I don't know how many people actually use that out there uh, in terms of sales professionals, but I love it for note taking when I'm, I'm running a meeting or running a, a demonstration or a consultative call. Um, I, I have it on a separate screen and I just use Evernote and that way I can, anytime someone calls in, um, you know, from two years ago, I can pull up my note and refer back to, you know, what we talked to and, and even transfer that into Salesforce if I need to. Awesome. Great, great advice here on tools, and everyone wants to know about tools, right? So there's uh, there's another question here. What is a good and inexpensive list completion service for both phones and emails? What do you guys use? 
so we still have Prospector. Um, so we use that uh, internally here. Um, but uh, Datanize is a very, very good uh, sub, uh, substitute for Prospector. Uh, we, we've uh, kind of stopped uh, selling Prospector in uh, lieu of Cadence and really heavily focused on Cadence. But uh, Datanize will allow you to aggregate uh, you know, names from LinkedIn, um, you know, get the uh, corporate email address, get the corporate phone number. It'll even uh, tell you what technology stack they're using, which is pretty powerful if that's something that you need to uh, need to take note of as well. Definitely. And and so nobody can buy Prospector. I keep hearing awesome things about Prospector, but I guess we can't buy it anymore. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So final parting advice here. Um, What's your favorite sales advice? Oh man, I I, I kind of have a few. Uh, I I think the first one that I always 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 uh, say when I'm bringing in a new hire is is never improvise on your demonstrations. Uh, you never want to go to a button that you don't know what it does and click on it and then all of a sudden something breaks. So never improvise. Kind of stick to the script, stick to the guidelines. Um, it'll always kind of lead you in the right path. Um, to my uh, uh, personal and professional mentor Derek Grant. Uh, he always likes to say, "Be brief, be brilliant, be gone." You know, keep it short. Uh, you know, add value and then you know get out of there. Um, I think uh, with Kyle Porter, uh, his big thing is provide mad customer empathy. I love that. I think providing a client prospect customer empathy is a big part. And then lastly, I would just say, you know, treat your prospects you know, as a doctor would a patient. I think I said that earlier, but you have to be consultative. You have to be a thought leader. And you have to provide them with the right prescription and not the one that's just, you know, the most expensive, but the one that makes sense for their business. Definitely. Awesome, Anthony. Such a great pleasure having you on here. Have a wonderful day.